Hi everyone, just want to give you a heads up that on this episode, we have a few scenes before the main title, so the podcast will start at the top of the show. Hi, I'm Matt Roberts, executive producer and writer on Outlander, and uh, we are here in the Outlander podcast. I'm here with Tony Graffia. Hi everyone. Who is also a writer, executive producer. And we're here to watch uh, episode 310. Uh, Sorry, we were thrown off a little bit because we expected the main titles to start, and they didn't. And um, uh, it's been a while (laughs) since we saw this episode. So they tried to trick us. They did trick us. They tried. I think it was Mikey O'Halloran, our Um, editor. I think he tried to trick us here. Anyway, this is episode 310. It's called Heaven and Earth, and it's written by Luke Skelhaus. a very talented writer of ours has been yeah. on, uh, uh, and, and in uh, fact, Luke, um, I remember when he wrote this episode, uh, when he sent us the, the writers usually send us a little list of, you know, two or three titles that they're considering. And one of his titles was plague ship. And I remember writing back and going, uh, no, no plague ship is not that exciting as a title. And, uh, luckily he came up with, um, heaven and earth and i thought that that was actually perfect because it's it it's a line from uh the jamie and fergus storyline and it fits it fits the episode perfectly you know a little more poetic than plague ship so over the this episode and uh episode nine that you saw last week um where we shot almost entirely on the ships um there are a couple moments where they're on land, uh, but the undertaking of of shooting full episodes on the ship, because every scene you see right now, where you look, you're looking out over the ocean, and these what we, we consider a, a visual effects shot, um, because these uh, both ships were not on the ocean. They were on our back lot in South Africa. In a Africa. parking lot, right? Well, it wasn't the parking lot, but it was a, the back lot, and... Um, so, you know, they were designed, you know, we, we had the Artemis designed for us and then we, we used a couple of the, uh, repurposed the ships from, uh, Black Sails, uh, for the other ships, but the Artemis, the ship they're on now was actually just made for Outlander and, um, we could move it. It could turn. So we, we, mm-hmm. we shifted it when the sun, you know, we followed the sun, so to speak, but, um, Still, it's a it's a big undertaking to do full episodes on on the ship. So every time you see that, that's that's a green screen back there. Um, right. I always say when we're watching the dailies, we're kind of underwhelmed sometimes because you see a lot of green and it just you know the actors are still giving a good performance, but when you're watching them against just a green background, it's distracting and you don't get the full, you know, sense of what the scene is. Then when we see them in the final mix and we see the, the visual effects, it's like watching them for the first time. It's amazing. Um, and we've here really, are the main titles. Here's the main titles. One thing you'll notice with last week and this week, uh, we didn't really discuss it. Um, but we changed the main titles a little bit. It's got yeah. a different beat. It's got a Caribbean um, kind of flavor there. Yeah. Um, I love that, that we that the titles are able to change. The music changes, you know, whether it's French lyrics or, you know, it, we we fit it, uh, you know, to the season that we're doing. Yeah. Or the, actually or the, the portion of the, the season. The portion of the season. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and, and and the picture the the visuals change too sometimes. I think some of these are the new. Yeah, the new most visuals. of these yeah. most of these are. You see some some of the iconic shots that you're used to yeah. have been replaced with uh, uh, you know where we are in the story, and then yeah. we'll go back. Um, yeah. Uh, once we once we you know get back to to another portion of the story, we, we'll change back. Right. I don't know. I don't know if they know how we do this, but the editors will usually compile a, a selection of of clips. They send them to us, and um, and we've changed it a few times. Everybody weighs in, and we're like, "Oh, that's a cool shot." But hey, maybe this one well, could be replaced. But with we also shoot. And, we shoot specific shots for our main titles. And we shoot titles, specific yeah. shots. So yeah. if you guys you remember, them, actually, so yeah, if we remember, this is uh, ah the creme de the There it comes. Yeah. How did you get the water to be green there? Uh, they made green food water. Coloring green water. I think Was so, it real yeah. creme de menthe? We should have. It wasn't little, no because uh, no. Creme de menthe wasn't uh, around in 1760, uh, whatever. Yeah, so, this this episode, I, I have to confess that um, although I liked this part of the book, it's, you know, thinking of visualizing it on TV, a whole episode about, you know, a typhoid ship, uh, this was one of the ones that I was like, uh, I... I hope I don't get this. I really don't want to write this one. It's not one of the ones I'm dying to write. Um, I had other favorites in mind, and this would have been probably my least favorite that I personally would have wanted to do. But as all good episodes, that's how I know when they're good, is suddenly, you know, as as the first drafts start coming in, I go, I start liking them, and then when I get jealous and go, oh, I, I wish I would have written this one, that's, that's when I know it's really good. And I think uh, Luke did an amazing job on this episode, and it's, it ended up being one of my favorites. Um, so You have a lot of favorites, though, Tony. Well, you know, this season, I have to say, I really like... That's I why mean, I, I don't I have, don't think there's a bad one. I don't have any favorites, and you have nothing but favorites. I, I lo- yeah, so I have 13, balances, 13 favorites. It balances it out. Are you going to tell of favorites, everybody what, what you're drinking? This is uh, one of... One of your favorite whiskeys. Well, because uh, a lot of these uh, ships were made out of oak, um, it's, it was a very sturdy wood, uh, we're drinking the Macallan Fine Oak 15-year-old mm. Highland Single Malt Scotch Whiskey. You see how we do that? We, we cleverly work. Very clever. Um, very um, clever, Matthew. Matthew or, well, maybe it's not so clever. But anyway, we're, mm. that's what we're drinking mm. um, for the podcast um, ah, thankfully, is... it's not nine in the morning. So no, we really have to be careful on the scheduling of these podcasts, or we, we do <laughs> if we expect to work, get any work done the rest of the day. Well, um, here we see our. I think Hemingway said, "Write drunk, edit sober." <laughs> so. or, or what about the reverse? Well, that's when you get gibberish. Ah, that might have been. Uh, um, God, I was going to say uh, the. Uh, uh, I lost it. See, that's what alcohol <laughs> does. It makes you forget what you're doing. <laughs> you lost your... <laughs> I lost my train. You were probably about to say you hate this voiceover because I know you're not a voiceover person. I'm not. You know, I'm not a voiceover I, person. See, and, that's and why you, we're a good team because I actually liked voiceover. I, I know. And, and Luke 
likes voiceover. Uh, Luke um, does. I'm, Should we tell him about Lukey's? Uh, we we could say. Well, we, you'll have to tell him about Lukey's when you do the podcast for episode twelve. Oh, all right. I'll save yeah. it till then. We'll keep the, them in suspense. But we do. A, a we do. One. Luke has a specific style of writing that we started making fun of. So we'll wait and tell <laughs> you sure when we get to a Lukey. I'm sure he'll be very happy know. to know that you're <laughs> you're outing him. <laughs> well, he's not here. He's actually. He's actually in Scotland working on season four right now. So, um, yeah. But we're drinking in his honor. Um, in his stead. Yeah, we'll pretty much drink in anyone's stead. Well, pretty much, yeah. Uh, Speak, so this... speaking of drinking, they're making a they're ha- they have a still going right just because they're making some alcohol yeah. to use as a disinfectant, um, so Claire can. It's a medical thing to help the. Now, the porpoise, uh, the ship they're on now, um, is, um, it's a fixed ship. It's actually a, a replica size, so it's a, a full-size uh, man-of-war, 74-gun um, ship of the line. And it's it's massive, and it has all the decks That's beautiful. that That's we, a beautiful we use, but there. it's stationary. You can't, you can't move it. Right. So um, it's, it's fixed. Uh, it has the below. It has two decks that we can go down below, on, on on the back lot, uh, porpoise. And then we built these stages. Um, uh, we built these uh, decks on the actual stages, so uh, you just have more control of the light down here. Um, and uh, what makes it difficult to film on the porpoise is that you have to you're beholden to the sun. Whereas on the Artemis, because the Artemis moves, oh, right, you can right. you can change you can move um, the Artemis to keep the sun at your back all the time because that's what we always aim for. We strive for backlight. I love the relationship here between um, Claire and Elias Pound. In the book, it's it's just a really sweet, special relationship. Um, this actor did a tremendous job. We were all just blown away by him. Because this is from real life. I mean, this was authentic, that kids in this era were on ships as early as six or seven years old. They would be, you know, go on board a ship and be like kind of the errand boy. And they, they grew up on, on ships, and it's just so interesting. Um, it's just a different way of life. And I think it's yeah. one of the things in, in the writer's room that we... Uh, definitely, uh, we kind of beat into the people, uh, the writers here, is that you you can't think modern thoughts when you write these. You have to think that this was standard procedure back then. This is what That's they right. this is what they did. So it, it the the person of the time and the character in that time wouldn't be thinking a modern thought. Right. So. It's hard to do. I mean, it's hard to get it out of your head. It is. You, you, it is. It's something you have to acquire. Um, all the new writers, it takes them a while. It took us. It took me a while. I know to kind of have to put put yourself in that 18th century mind. I mean, I wasn't a history major, but I've read a lot of history since starting this show, and I have a new appreciation of it. Every episode that we do, we have to dig into whatever this the episode is about. So, for instance, this, we did a lot of reading about ships. I know Luke had a, a bunch of um, books about ships. Um, 
fact, one of the ones he brought in was kind of almost a children's book. It was just like, here's the parts of a ship. And, and it was written on a very, you know, elementary level, but it helped us all to understand the different decks and the differences of which sailors did what and which, you know, which parts of the ship. Because, you know, it wasn't something I'd ever encountered in any of my uh, writing or shows I before. remember uh, giving notes and I'd write back in all caps, you know, it is a... You know, gangway. Uh, yeah. It is well, a Well, we kept gunnel. calling it a boat. Yeah. It is <laughs> a ship. You yeah, know, and like, even uh, yeah. Ron was always like, it's not a boat. It's a ship. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, sorry, and sorry, it's Mr. Not the, Tall Ship. It's not the front. It's not the it's, back. It, it's yeah. not the side. You know, I, I, I would write in all caps, you know. Right. Because, you know, you want it. You don't want to just pound yeah. it in there. So you start using it all the time. You yeah. just want to start using it in the, in, in the way you talk. But also, you know, we would say... When we were there, yeah. we would always say port. We would always yeah. say starboard. We wouldn't say, you know, right or left because that's not how yeah. it works. And, um, I mean, look at just this, the detail in this, this captain's log, for instance. Uh, the prop people, the set decorators, they have to make these from scratch. They don't exist. You don't go to the prop, you know, store or the prop warehouse and buy one of these. Every time we have a prop like that, there's people who research it and write it out in handwriting and make these things. It's just incredible. I love when Claire's trying to explain some, you know, 20th century concept, and people are like, that's absurd. You know, how dare you say that, you know, a man could carry a disease and not and not have it. Um... You might notice a South African accent there. Um, and South Africa was a colony um, right. at the time. So when we say the colonies, actually, when, when we actually say the colonies, um, in the time, they would have been more specific. We say the colonies like, oh, there's only one colony. It's in America. But right. the the British Empire had colonies they all had around the world. territories everywhere. So and... when, when we said, you know, we... You know, Jamaica was, you know, the the West Indies. Then right. then there was South Africa. There was, uh, it was all over the, over the world. So, um, a lot of these um, actors came from South Africa. The the the, not the main characters. Obviously, we brought them with us from the UK. But almost everyone else that's cast, in these other roles are South African talent. We used uh, so when we 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 shifted production to South Africa for, for these uh, final episodes, um, we brought our HODs, which would be the he head of departments, and um, then we brought a select few crew members from Scotland, so they would be the keys. You'd have our, our key um, hair and makeup uh, for uh, Katrina and Sam, and then the key costumers for Katrina and Sam. And then we brought... Um, uh, uh, Gary and uh, Gary Steele, the art department, and, um, and and a portion of his team to get the ball rolling, to get everything going. And the, once you once you have everything designed and being built, then Gary actually left South Africa and went back to start on season four because we yeah, needed we to were, get we, we needed to get well that into, started. We were well into prepping season four, bef way before the end of season three. Um, it made us feel a little schizophrenic at times. 
um, to be doing two things, but we overlapped season. We were lucky enough to have the two season pickup, um, but it did um, accelerate things. And I've never worked on a show that's actually done that. Well, it's because it's not done. That's it's why. not done, and it was it was a our a thrill and a privilege to have a two season pickup, but it put a tremendous strain on all departments and even the writers because we had already started writing season four by the time this episode was shooting. We were already down the line. Well, I think, you know, even if you a show does get a two season pickup, they don't, uh, what, what our issue was is they had... The prep time. Well, well they also had the date picked out on when they wanted it to air and that was that's the difference is when we got our season two mm-hmm. to season three pickup they we shifted air dates right so we went that's what created the longer drought lander was they shifted the air date everybody expected april all of us expected april and then it was shifted to september and um uh, you know a lot of times People ask us questions on social media and then when we're on panels or doing interviews. And uh, most of this stuff comes from uh, stars and, and right. Sony. You know, we don't do air dates. We don't do any of, uh, any of no, that stuff. No, we don't. We don't have a say in that. We don't have a say in uh, even even when they post the podcasts. We don't, we don't have a say in those things. That's all, all the network. Um, uh, and even, you know, like Comic-Con. Are we going to Comic-Con? I don't. You know, that's stuff that they plan. And uh, I plan to avoid. I mean, no, I plan on being there. (laughs) Well, you're busy, very busy with work. I know. I've missed Comic-Con every year because I have been prepping. Yeah, you're you're in the UK. Um, Here, Jamie, we just heard him say the line about heaven and earth. And his definition of, you know, loving someone is that you'd move heaven and earth to help them or save them. And he's sort of testing Fergus here for his own purposes, like help me get out because he wants to go after Claire. Um, but Fergus loves him and is like, hmm, can I, can I do this for him? Um, yeah, it's so a story, is... that story is not in the book, um, but we wanted to do, we love the relationship between Fergus and Jamie, his, you know, sort of a, their adopted family. Um, and I think that was one of the questions you, we often get asked, why did you change this from the book? And what, you know, one of my typical responses, we didn't. We don't change the book at all. We never change the book. You can go back a thousand times and read it a thousand times and it's exactly the same. And I know that's not what people want to hear, but it's the truth. We don't change the book. We are a different beast altogether. I mean, the, the right. books are huge. We could never do them. But we have to give story sometimes to um, uh, another character to tell a story so Fergus has to have a story in this episode. Now he may not have had one in the in the book at this point, but we right. needed to give him one because he's here. So right. you have to service what we would say. We have to service the character on screen, right? Or or they become just an accessory, and you can't do that. You know, right. you just can't do that to the to the actor, and you can't do that to the character. So I, I think when you when 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 it's it's very tough to do and and we 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 try to give reasons for it but the fact of the matter is this is that this is a television show right, this right. is a different medium and we have to tell the story in a different way right right and we we do all love the books we've all read the books many times um 
and we all have different favorite parts that we write write and bring into the show but we also have to put a little bit of ourselves we're we are here to make a tv show and it's expected by the network that we don't just translate the book literally we're we're supposed to bring our 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 own talents and visions into it and 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 meld them together and bring the the best of both and we always respect the book and try to get everything we can in but we've we've brought things in that even fans will say oh i love that part and and you did such a great justice to the book and we'll go well that part wasn't in the book um because even even we have lost track at times of what's in the book and what's not we do try to write in the spirit of the book we would never do anything that was the opposite of the book but we 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 like to think that we fill in um we fill in the book and expand it um using our own imaginations and spurred by our love of the characters and where we think they might well, go I, I think a good example is that in the book, after the reunion, Jamie and Claire have some bumps in the road, but it's spread out in the book. It's not can it's not in one one moment. And since we wanted to do it and get it out of the way, we we condense it. What's right? Like a lot of story gets condensed, and I think there's a visceral a visceral reaction to, hey, you've changed who the character. Well, we well we haven't. We just show you it in more of a microcosm, and that's why you're having yeah. a reaction to it. You're like, oh, this is not how they are in the book. Well, you're right. They're not that way in the book. They are different in the book because there's there's a lengthy 200 pages in between. Um, and not 20 minutes. And so we have 20 right. minutes to show the same thing that Diana right, takes right. 200, 300 pages to do. Right, And right. that's why I think that you have a different emotional right. reaction to it. I think um, what people don't realize about the business of television is that there's never a book that's bought and given a mandate to the to the. TV writers to do exactly what's in the book. In fact, most of most of the times it's use this as a jumping off point and do your own thing. Yep. I think we stick closer to the book maybe than other than any other TV show does. Um, but not to name names, but there are a lot of shows that will keep you know uh, that, yeah. that kill characters they don't like and just move on and and no. hey, but look, we we the biggest adjustment we've made is. Uh, for characters, we kept one that was beloved um, yeah. alive. Yeah, and then people applaud that. So I think, you know, it's challenging for us. We we really, oh, we work so hard. And I know, you know, we just want the audience out there to know that our intent is always to uh, give them something that they'll like. But we do realize not everyone's going to like every single episode. And that's okay because even on any TV show, my favorite TV shows I watch, there's some I don't like as much as the others. But you know what? I respect the writers. I go along for the ride. And we just trust that our audience is on this voyage, um, no pun intended, to, to, you know, they're, they're on this ride with us. And if I was a fan of the book and everything I watched, I knew in advance because I'd read it, I think I'd be disappointed. I yeah. think I would um, expect to be a little bit surprised along the way and that's what we well i think that's um, that's what we're that's what literally we're here for is to 
give the audience uh, what they want, but just not how they expected it. And that's yeah. that's the key to well, writing yeah. this this book. These books is to to give them the unexpected because if you expect every moment, you're just not. You know, hey, look, I've read all the books. I've read them you know twenty years ago, so I I know these books, and uh, you know I'm I'm a big proponent of hey, this is going to be neat for a fan to see. We gave it to them in slightly different way, and they're going to be surprised. Right. Just like we did with the uh, the reunion episode. Yeah. You, we could have done it exactly like the book. They would have had Claire's POV, and then it would have been over. But you get a little bit of you get Jamie's POV, so you get it d- double. Yeah. And, and well, I think that's a lot what of people really here. love that, and we get, I mean, overwhelmingly more positive response. The negative, uh, occasionally a few people won't like something. But again, if they if you aren't on board with the TV show, you always will have the books. Even Diana says that. You always have the books. And if it's so beloved to you, you can stick with the books. If you want to come along our ride, there's going to be a little bit different here and there. And we hope that we do justice to it. We uh, Just know that we always try to do justice to the books and that that's our goal. We all loved Annika in this. We all were like, yeah. oh, the my goats need grass. <laughs> we we all laughed about this in the writer's room. We thought it would be really fun. And um, I keep do. <laughs> yeah, that was the line. I think we the read through we all laughed uh, uh, out yeah. loud. So. Um, we actually film the, you know, we do, we do, I don't know if people know this, but we do a read through for every episode where after we have the final production draft, everyone sits around a table. Most of the cast members are there and including the guest cast and they read it out loud. And that's where we kind of do our final adjustments for dialogue, um, for how it sounds, for the pacing, not that they perform it completely outright at the read through, but, but we do get the flavor of of the rhythm of it and it's videoed whether it's in south africa or scotland they video the read through and uh, the next day everyone at the writer's office all the writers all the assistants we watch it together every week and we take notes and we see kind of what works what doesn't what the actors which lines they stumble over which lines maybe they improvise a tiny bit of their their own stuff in you know to make it smooth for so it fits in their own in their own rhythms and we we keep tweaking up to the last minute we've worked so we also, hard to get it we perfect. also uh, destroy those uh uh tapes so no because once yeah because we don't that's something for it's a working thing we don't want those to it's a uh, work in progress and um <coughs> but that's the kind of attention to detail that we're very serious about doing because we want so bad to get it right, to get it where everyone's happy with it. And you learn so much from watching something like that. It's almost like um, a theater piece. Yeah. You know, you watch it being just read without all the distractions of the well, sets and what the happens, dailies. What happens is when you read, you, you're writing a script and you read the dialogue over and over again, you begin to read it um, in your voice, but you also you also miss things because you're reading it over and over and over again. Yeah. And that's where typos happen. But when somebody else reads it and they put their own inflection on it, yeah, it's completely different. And I think that's the other thing that happens from the book dialogue to, to the show dialogue is when you read something, you put your own inflection on it. The, 
the he saids and the the she saids are kind of read over most of the time and you're putting your own inflection on uh, whether you know it or not you do and that's why you have a different image of a scene sometimes and that's why we always say well, this is the tv show and not the book is because you're getting actors performing the moments and they are putting their inflection on oh, yeah. on well, each word so and we tone things like so this this moment was it was careful that we didn't want um, the, the 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 cook here to be too evil so it was toned in a way that that Claire puts him back on his heels even though he has a very stern look he gets nervous there's a nervousness when he says i had no intention because his his life so it had yeah, to be uh, the, it had to be we had to be careful with it yeah so, and a tone meeting i know we've mentioned it before but a tone meeting is where uh we meet with the director and we explain what we want for the tone of the scene because directors remember are visiting for the most part They're, they don't work on the show in fact a director may do many 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 shows a year a lot of times, sometimes they haven't, maybe not even seen your show, but usually it's someone who's seen your show. All likes our directors, your show. all our directors have have seen uh, our, our directors. Shows, yeah. We make sure they've seen the show yeah, and seen. Know the we show. give them all the scripts. They know. They know what. But we're... sometimes they step off of an airplane and they come straight to the set and they start their prep. So we, it's our job to get them up to speed on what our show is to give them kind of a crash course in um, how our show operates, what our characters are, and where the storylines are going. Because even if we give them um, previous episodes to read to get up to speed, they don't know necessarily where we're going. So we have to tell them, hey, make sure you do this scene a certain way because it's going to play in a later episode. You can't cut these lines or you can't drop this scene because we need it. And the the director relies on us. Um, they're all very talented, but they rely on us uh, for the continuity and the tone of the show, so that they're not making their own little movie that doesn't fit with what the Outlander. Well, we um, also have uh, what we call creative producers, one of our writers. Yes. On set for each block, one one writer covers uh, a block, which is two episodes, and um, that's happened from day one on every episode from the, from the beginning and um we uh it's important because that person whoever it is will on a day-to-day basis keep the tone of the show um um uh keep the continuity and the and the structure right. and, the, and the tone of the show right um, steadfast but yet you know the point is there's a lot of we try to keep a lot of cohesiveness in our intentions and what our plan is for the episode but there are many voices that um come into play here and sometimes something a fan sees may be it may be that the it was the writer or something they put in it may be something in how the director interpreted it it may be how a certain actor interpreted it in the moment um, we also, this is we a collaborative also, medium. It, it is. So, we have the, you know, the studio and network. A studio uh, and in. network weigh in and so give us notes. There's a, there's a lot of. Um, there's a lot of. Um, yeah. Uh, we we always say if you want to if you want to do something alone, be a painter. Yeah. Because uh, you just uh, um, this is this is a medium where there are a lot of voices all the time. If there's a there's many voices, but these things get discussed over and over and over in great detail, and 
sometimes compromises are made. Sometimes they come out for the better. Sometimes we're like looking back, we wish we would have fought harder on certain things. Um, but I think overall, you know, we're very, very proud of what we've done and we have to stand behind whatever decisions get made. Um, I stand right behind you, Tony. <laughs> well, there's a saying that uh, that's very appropriate for Outlander, which is that it's better to fall on your own sword. So sometimes we fight for things because you know what? If it doesn't work, at least it was we're falling on our own sword. I don't like to give in on something and then have it fall flat and then go, you can't go, well, that wasn't me. Yeah. You know, that was somebody else. Well, um, we're a team. So, That's a thing. So we're a team and we take the fall for each we, other. We win as a but team. we stand yeah. up for each other. Yeah. And we, I believe, you know, in all the years I've been doing this, I think we have the best cast. We have the best crew. We have the best network and studio. Even when we disagree with those entities, uh, for me, and I have to say this is the best group of people I've worked with and that uh, you know that's just a pleasure to be able to say after all these years um and if something doesn't work once in a while you know we have to live with that but everyone likes a different thing because as soon as there's something someone doesn't like someone else writes in and says I love that part I loved that and even things that I'm like I'm not sure about that someone else will love it and something maybe that I love someone ends up not liking so this that's, is all that's subjective the, uh, that's the world we live in now is there's immediate feedback you know before when we worked on shows you didn't know what anybody no. thought you know you'd read a critics review of it every now and then and if the show kept going you just you know there were fans but you just didn't know about it now it's you know direct contact more than yeah and and um so there's immediate feedback oh, well, but we can't the, the thing is, you just can't you can't let that dictate a lot of what we do because no, we can't. We everybody can't. has a different interpretation. Everybody, it's almost like a game of telephone. When something goes through the, you know, everyone has a different opinion. It things get interpreted, and but it's, it's it goes back to and I used this analogy on on Twitter once is that when we were in South Africa. In South Africa, butternut squash is used for everything. And I don't like butternut squash. I and love butternut squash. I know. Squash. See, that's, there, so that's a perfect example. <laughs> is that there's something that you may love about Outlander. And the very next, the person next to you could go, oh, I, I, don't, I don't really, that, that no. didn't, I didn't love no. that part of the book. But I love this part of the book. And that could be something no, that you don't. I, and and that's, the, that's the thing about these is you can never guess what it is. And that's what happens in the writer's yeah. room. There, this is in the book. You said this wasn't your your favorite part, but you, it, you've come to love it in the television show, right? But that's there's right. also I, I haven't I've not liked things that I've written. I I was like, please don't give me this episode. And then once I wrote it, I liked it. Or I've written something I thought mm, I did my best, but I wish I don't know. I wish it was. And then people have loved it, and that makes me feel great. Or things that I wrote I thought were really great. And people were like, eh, yeah, that's okay. And then I'm like, you're kidding. You didn't love that? I thought you'd love that. <laughs> but, you know, that's being a writer. I mean, when you've done it for this many years, you realize that, you know, you're not going to please everyone, so you got to please yourself. you got to be true to what and, – and people have to trust us that we've done this for a long time. We always, always do our best. On this show, more than any others, 
nobody considers it just a job. Uh, nobody just goes, this is my paycheck. This is what I do from nine to five and I'm going home and I'm not thinking about it. I can guarantee you that everyone on this production, uh, we, we live, eat and breathe Outlander. We love it. We call each other on the weekends. I go home and work on this until literally I nod off and slump over because I love the show and, um, it's 24 seven. And so, um, I just think I don't know. I don't know that we'll ever have an experience like this again. So I really hope it goes for many years. I'm like Diana, keep writing. <laughs> we want to do this I for a long I, time. We'll never, we'll never catch up to the book. No, we'll. <laughs> anyway, we. Uh, if you remember this gentleman from episode six and uh, seven, uh, actually, really just uh, seven. Um, that was Barton, uh, Mr. Creme de Menthe. And uh, we had a lot of debates about the eye, how milky it should be. Oh, they sent scars. us pictures. Remember, they sent us like 10 pictures like, is this milky enough? Is this? And we're like, ah, that looks, you know. Um, you know, it was the, you know, how how intense we wanted the scars. And those that's always a process. It, you know, as, as we talk about all the little details that we go through, it. You'd be amazed on a day-to-day -day basis what the meetings look like when you're on prep. It's you go from the scar meeting, and then you go to the you know the headband yeah. meeting, and then you go to the you know because uh, oh, what is the yeah. vomit going to look like uh, on you know what are the the sores are going to look like? We we go through each and individual scene, yeah, and we call it a page turn. Yeah, we literally we, we, turn the pages of the script and go, page one, what does everybody think? What do we have to decide here? You know, where where will this take place? What will what will it look like? What are the details? Um, do we have to pick out a song? Here's ten songs. Which one do you want the guys to sing? Um, I thought the Milky Eye guy looked a little too... I think I weighed in on the, he looks a little too much like a horror movie. I wasn't... I wasn't, but I, there were others that felt like he needed to look as well, sort we, of. Well, we had photos of real milky eyes, and that's, we, we. And that's what they look like, yeah. Yeah, so that's what it looked like, so. I love that they have goats on the ship. Now, this is a historical fact, see, that I didn't know. When we researched it, obviously, ships took animals along for, for milk and cheese. No, for food. And well, that's how you okay. kept the animals. That's how you kept the food fresh, is you had kept them alive until you had to use them. Uh, well, they're not eating the goats. Well, they're, they're not at the goat moment. Goat cheese, it's awesome. That's uh, it. Was it's it's one of the the ways they you know you preserve food by keeping it alive and then using yeah. it only when necessary, because they had no way of of doing that. So right. Well, I love that you know they didn't even allow really women on ships at all. They were bad luck. In fact, but Claire's on the ship. Um, uh, some, is, ships. some ships. Some ships. There's only one other woman on this ship, and that's because she's the wife of of um, one of the soldiers. One of the guys, the and and her job is to tend the goats. And I love that, even though there's a language barrier here, she bonds with Claire, and Claire saves her husband, um, and she wants to help Claire to save Claire's husband. But Claire's like, what you talking about? 
What do you mean my goats need grass? <laughs> yeah. Maybe some voiceover here would help. <laughs> oh, that was me being snarky. Voice Sorry. Voiceover is good. Voiceover is good. Look. I like this shot because it's. I like. like I, I'll, I'll say I like the voiceover when it it gives you something else, right. something that's it's, not. It can just, be overused. Well, I think I think the one thing that we have is is a very smart audience. You know they're very they're definitely, very smart. Definitely, they they know how to watch. That um, we don't uh, need to clarify things. Mm. Um, oh, all clarify. The time. Yeah, that was clever. Wasn't very it? clever, Matthew yeah. Roberts. <laughs> um. I think something that's different here from the book is that we don't see Jamie's point of view. I believe that no. once Claire is kidnapped, we're with her yep. all the way, and we don't cut back to Jamie. Um, but we made the decision um, that we wanted to see what Jamie would have been going through. Here, here's an, a great example of, of how we augment the book, because what's happening with Jamie while Claire is on this typhoid ship? And, you know... If I was a fan, I'd be like, this is great. I get to see something that wasn't there. Um, it doesn't mean anything was wrong with the book. It's just a different decision that gets made, and it's multiple artists giving their point of view. But it also it goes back go. to, once again, in service of the character. We, we have to you, – you have to service the character in the stories. We've done this a couple of times where we've, we've stayed right. out of – uh, in season one, I think we we did that once where we were out of Jamie's POV. Or we didn't see Jamie at all in the episode, and we probably should have dropped in. You know, in hindsight, we probably should have dropped in with him a little bit. But in the book, you were without him, and that built tension. And we thought right. we you know we wanted to do the same thing is build that same tension, right? Um, and it's tough to know you know when to do it, when not to do it. It's it's always a a challenge. Well, we debated, and we have a lot of spirited debates, as we always say in the writers' room. And um, we use the word "spirited." You spirited. Add your really, own, we're okay. We're add your own adjective. <laughs> yeah, add your own. We're, uh, we're wrestling in the writers' room, and we do. And we, we have a diverse group of people with very different opinions. Everyone's got a different character, advocates advocates for different storylines. Um, this stuff isn't. We don't just toss it off. We put a lot of care and a lot of thought into everything and um like seeing claire with all the guys and the songs and here comes uh well, i think one thing that claire's very comfortable is being around oh a lot of men She's well yeah she was in world war ii and well, not only uh, that, but you know, Culloden and all the other things that she's pans done. and everything else. Yeah. Here, something very sad. I think this was um, a lot of our, a lot of us. It yeah. was our favorite part where I think she, we we had a moment here where we wanted to, like, what we, Claire's a Claire's a a healer. She knows how to compartmentalize, do this, but she also knows how to. It, you know, 
she knows when someone's going to die and, and when they're not. And for her to pretend to be his mother, to give him a peaceful, you know, uh, yeah. a send off, um, is, is, it's heartbreaking to do, but she has such a great bedside manner. Um, that, that was one of the, 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 I think really pretty moments in the, yeah. in the show. I think you added that part, um, where she says, yes, it's mother. I did it. You know, it was a, a something to, that speaks to what she did earlier uh, in the the series when she was with Jordy and Dougal. That's right. And uh, it's a kind of a callback to that. And the rabbit's foot. I mean, we Matt and I have t- talked through the throughout the season about using rabbit as sort of it's very subtle, but if you're paying attention, we'll, you'll notice that we use rabbit. You know, Jamie saw the rabbit at Culloden. Um, Brianna had a, a stuffed bunny that was her favorite stuffed animal. She lost animal, it. She, the bunny got trapped uh, in the crib. So you'll, yeah, you'll hear them. He's got a rabbit's yeah. foot for luck and a rabbit. A mention of a rabbit may appear later well, in the, the season if you're paying season, attention. In episode three, the guys were uh, uh, trapping rabbits when Jamie es- escaped. Right. So there are there's mentions right. throughout the, the season. Um, right. Right. Uh, you guys, you know, read into that as, as much as you want. Well, this, I love this. <laughs> God, it makes me cry every time I watch it. This was something I believe Luke added from some research he'd done. This wasn't in the book, but um, he had done some research that um, you would put the stitch through the nose to make sure the, the person was dead. Yeah. And, you know, Katrina just, ah, oh, she just kills us there with her, you know, and... Um, you know, she talked to Elias earlier about how she's able to to even do the do- job that she does by compartmentalizing and not mixing her feelings with what her job is. And here, you know, is a moment she couldn't compartmentalize because she cared about Elias. She saw potential in him, and she feels guilty that she didn't see the signs that maybe he was becoming ill, and she lost him, and... It's a huge loss for her. She's a she's a doctor, but she never. Well, we took this. You know, we talked to real. You know, we talked to real physicians, doctors, and and about how how it is that they can do that. You know, um, my my brother, who's a a paramedic, Paramedic, he's been one for a long time, and he, you know, I talked to him about it a little bit, and and that's you know, you go in, you rely on your training, you do the job, and then you move on. because if you if you feel for and I'm saying you don't feel at all but if you give all your emotions to every patient you you won't survive right you'll end up being a a mess so this is one of those moments where Claire you know kind of gave into it she she and it hurt her you know what I mean she wouldn't as a surgeon she's working on a body part and that's right, what we're talking right. to a surgeon about. They work on that body part. Of course, right, they want right. you to live and they want you to survive. That's that's a given. But they can they can do that. They can focus, and that's what yeah. you want as a really focused surgeon. I oh, know yeah, I yeah, would. Yeah. Um. Uh oh. Here we go. So this is a yellow flag is a quarantine flag or essentially you, you got uh, a plague on your 
your ship. So uh, we uh, this is this a beach. beach was on in South Africa. It was. Um, yep. You had to scout beaches, right? And you picked out. I remember. You kept sending me pictures of beaches and saying, this beach is for this scene, this beach is for that scene. Um, yeah, you can't spread the production crew, you know, the, the, a thousand miles over beaches. Right. So we had to find an area that we could shoot for three or four different episodes. Right. And uh, we found a few that worked for us all within, you know, like a five, ten mile radius uh, or not radius, a strip. Um so uh, that was close enough to the studios that we could get there. Um, there were gorgeous beaches that were hundreds of miles away that we just couldn't get to. But um, Right. One time, didn't you plan on something and then the tide came up and surprised you? Uh, and yes. And you had to move every, the we, production we did. really quickly? And, or... and the fans will see that at some point. I can't but, remember which, which episode that was, but it's further down the road. But uh, I thought that was funny yeah. when I heard that story. They'd all set up and then, whoops, here comes the tide. Move everything up the beach. Yeah. There's a lot of things in, in shooting um, that in filming that happen, um, especially when you're, you're on a tight schedule. You know, so when we go out, say, to a location like this, we're out there for the day. And, and in, in filming one um, episode, a lightning storm hit right in the middle of, of filming. Oh. And that means you have to stop. You can't film when that happens. And, and when I say yeah. a lightning storm, I mean it the the lightning struck just a few hundred yards away mm. and not even a few maybe a hundred yards away and and everybody had to go that's it party over everybody party inside over. Oh, yeah. so they got into the trailers and and uh, kind of locked down oh yeah because and that's 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 time wasted you don't get that time back right um you'll notice that it's a beautiful sunny day and and um Many of the the cast and crew had no idea what that big orange glowy thing was <laughs> in the sky. The Scots were like, "Wait, sunshine! What's we going on?" We had to on? we had to pause for a moment and uh, put on sunblock, which we've never had to do in <laughs> almost three seasons of filming. Uh, so that was, uh, yeah. but but that had its challenges just as well because. You know, when we left Scotland, it was the middle of winter. Yeah. And when we arrived in South Africa, it was the middle of summer. So, you know, we went from 40, 30 to 40 degree temperatures wow. to, you know, 100 degree temperatures. Uh, those of you who are on Celsius can do the math. Um, sorry. It, it was more like in the zeros yeah. and up into the 40s. So yeah. uh, that was Celsius for those of you that do that. And... Uh, uh, this, this is also one of the things that we we wanted to incorporate more of. Um, there's some of it, but it's the Jamie in the in the looking at the the pictures of of Brianna, and I think that was something we wanted to show over the course of the season. And yeah. I know when when he when he looks at him in six, he didn't he didn't take a ton of time with him, and it's also I think maybe also Sam knew that he had read forward, oh. so he knew he was going to be doing it more. Um, but I think it's it's this thing that we want to show that that he is getting to know his daughter over the course right. of the season. That's right. We, I mean, he was in shock when she first came back and he saw the pictures of his daughter. But we'd always plan to have a little bit in each episode where he says, tell me about Brianna. Or he looks at the pictures and he's absorbing it and getting to know her and hearing stories about her for a long time, you know. 
you know, it's one of the, the tougher things that when you when you decide to put the scripts out, so when we publish scripts to production or the actors, um, there's a there's a timing that you do because you, if they're playing a specific um, moment, you sometimes you don't want them to know what's coming because you don't want them to play that. No, if and, you knew that, that's why I don't read ahead in the books. If I knew what was coming, this person was dying, or this person would fall in love with that person, it would affect what was going on in the moment. I'd know, I'd know too much. Because we don't know that in life. But we also, we've said that to the kid. You know, we're, you're having a meeting with, with the actors, and not just Kat yeah. and Sam, but all, a lot of the actors. And you say, but you don't, you don't know that. Yeah. In the moment, you don't know that this happens. Because a lot of our actors... They have the luxury of reading the books. We also say right. that, hey, some of the things that are in the book, we, we, we can't play, so you can't play that. No. Because the audience won't understand, you know, why you're doing a certain thing. If you're playing, you know, if you're playing a right, scene right. a certain way and it's, if we're not, we know we're not going to play that other scene. Yeah. Then, then it, it. Well, it, this is a good example right here because we don't know that Fergus and Marsley are going to fall in love and we didn't want Fergus or her to be playing yes. that or for for Jamie to know that she would eventually be yes. his daughter-in-law yep. Yep. as well as his daughter Yeah. because uh, he had adopted Leary's kids. And we don't want Claire to know that one day, you know, Leary's daughter is going to be on a ship with her and that they're going to be family. Um now, this is great. This is I love this because it's so badass of Claire. It's like, jump! <laughs> if you really want to save your now, husband, jump into the I, ocean. I remember reading the book and being like gobsmacked by this. Like, she's what? She's jumping off the boat into the middle of the ocean in the middle of the night. And um, this, uh, the height of this, when we we got up there and we actually looked down. Um, one of the, one of the things, you know, you look at, we definitely wanted to show how high it is, but it's easily a three, three story building. If not more, it's off the water. It's a very, very tall, uh, or or the, the, the drop is significant. So, um, we, uh, we did this a couple of times, uh, on the tall, in the, in the deep tank, we brought, we built a, uh, we put a crane out there. And we dropped things off of it to see. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Um, see Before what it looked like. Before we dropped our actress off. Well, we didn't drop our actress off. Uh, <laughs> but I remember in the editing Katrina room did going, not jump. Uh, no, but it was like, where do we end it? Do we end it as she just jumps? Do we end it in the water? Do we end it, you know, what would be the most dramatic, you know, well, ending? But I just think it's so cool that she takes this, quote, leap of faith. That's what it is. Um, you know, because she would, they would do anything to, to find each other, save each other. And I, I just think this is like a superhero moment. I mean, I would put her up against any, you know, any of the superhero women in any show, any, any. So what we did here is we went out um, onto the deep tank and we built, we built a, like a three story high platform and we. And we had uh, a stunt double jump. <laughs> Jesus Roosevelt Christ! And they held a camera. I love and that's it. What they I did. love. I love going all the way. So all the way to I do hit too. the water. I, I do too. Because you couldn't just have her jump. It would look like I don't know. But I love that. 
I, I like imagining that we... her until next week. You have to imagine her floating in that dark water. I think it's awesome. But we also did a point of view shot. So yeah. we brought the audience with us, with yeah. her, into that water and said, this is what it would have looked like for yeah. her to go yeah. into that water. Anyway, uh, thank you, everybody, thank you. for and, uh, um, being you know, with it. We're talking through the opening, to, through the closing credits, the opening credits, too much whiskey. Um, take a moment to, to look at all the closing credits, all the people that work on the show. You know, um, there's so many people, oh, I, I don't even know, 200 plus people to work on the show but you see all the names here and all of them contribute and we couldn't do what we do without them so um here's to everyone that's made outlander season three what it is we're very proud of it thank you for being with us cheers cheers